0: to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here right after the crazy Germany-England match, which ended in a 3-3 draw. You want to talk about a game that was just so boring and so lifeless for one half, and then went absolutely crazy in another half. We've got it here for you today. What an insane match. Uh, I still am trying to comprehend what I just saw because... The first half, I think, had everybody reaching for their liquor cabinet because it was awful. Second half, however, was really, really good. It was really interesting, rampant swings of emotions. We went from thinking Germany had the game in the bag to feeling like they just had an epic collapse to somehow Germany working out a draw in the match. It was absolutely insane. Let's try and walk through everything that happened and of course there was a lot. So we, we've got some stuff to talk about here, but let's take a run through the match. First half, like I said, was was insane because it was boring as hell. Uh, there was nothing going on. Neither team looked like they wanted to be there. In fact, the most impactful player was Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, who to that point was really the MVP of the match because he was the only one preventing it from being a blowout by England. Raheem Sterling had found himself sprung a couple of times but Terstegen stood tall, and he was great when the team needed him to be in the first half. But even with Sterling being sprung a couple of times there, England was just as choppy and just as bad as Germany looked. It was really not good football. It was an awful, awful display, in fact. Neither team looked like they really wanted to be there, and, and it did show in the second half. So when the first half, I'm sorry. So when we got to the second half, right off the bat, Hansi Flick recognized he needed to change things up. And for better or for worse, for some of you Germany fans, he brought on Timo Werner for Jonas Hoffman. So Werner's impact on the game ended up being very important, although most fans are going to lament the opportunities he had that Germany did not take advantage of. But we will get to those in a bit. Uh, Right from the beginning, Germany looked like they had a little more pep in their step. I would say that Werner did have an impact in helping open up the game. Uh, Jamal Musiala found himself on the right side of the pitch. Forced Harry Maguire into a turnover as Musiala then dribbled at Maguire. Maguire had a just really foolish, sloppy foul. Musiala earned the PK. Elkai Gundogan stepped to the spot and he placed it nicely into the right corner and it was a one nothing Germany lead and things really did start to look good from that point. Uh, we did see uh, just a, I guess about 14 minutes later in the 66th minute we saw England start to make some subs. We saw Saka and Mount come on for Phil Foden and Raheem Sterling and keep those names in mind because they would also have an impact in this match. The subs did make Uh, a significant uh, impact in the game for both teams. So that was important. It seemed like both coaches really did uh, push the right buttons when they needed to. In the 67th minute, however, McGuire again would turn the ball over this time in his own in Germany's half. Jamal Musiala would ultimately get the ball. There would be a couple of passes. Timo Werner was found out wide And from that point, Werner got a chance to show what he could do. Operating from a wide position, he then dribbled inside, drew in the defense, slid a pass over to Kai Havertz, who hit a beautiful left-footed shot. I mean, it was one of the nicest shots you're ever going to see, and it was just uh, what looked to be a back-breaking goal for Germany because they had put England now in a 2-0 hole with just 23 minutes left in the match. One minute later, Germany would make a couple of subs. Uh Serge Gnabry would come on for Leroy Sané. Robin Gozens would come on for David Rahm. Uh, it was a very off showing for Sané. I thought Sané was terrific in the Hungary match. In this, in this game, he really couldn't get involved, really couldn't get going. And uh just seemed like he couldn't get his footing in there and get get comfortable. So uh, a good substitution there by Hansi Flick, as we'll see in a little bit. And Robin Guzen's got some time there. Guzzins, of course, uh, was Germany's left back, locked in until he tore his ACL. And then we had David Rahm emerge. So it'll be interesting to see what Flick does with those two once we get to the World Cup. But it was right around this time where Germany would start to scuffle a little bit some sloppy play in their defensive end led to an opportunity uh, that Mark Terstegen could not keep out of the net, uh, rebounded out in front. Luke Shaw was able to get to the ball and put it in um, across the line. And while it did get kicked out and reviewed, uh, Shaw was determined to have scored. And it was a pretty obvious goal once you you got to see the replay. Um, But, 2-1, then all of a sudden it felt like England had all of the momentum and you could just actually feel it shift. Even if you weren't in the stadium just watching it, all of a sudden England had this energy and they had this excitement and the crowd got revved up and everyone got into it. And just three minutes later, Mason Mount off of a feed from Saka would tie the game at 2-2. And as you see, there were two subs that came in. So both coaches making impactful moves that ultimately helped change the course of the game. Uh 79th minute we did see Thomas Muller come on for Jamal Musiala. Musiala did some good things. Uh it was not his best effort I would say. He did well to earn the PK and that was super important. It was not his most efficient match in terms of keeping the ball and uh just being impactful. He he you know it's not to say that he was bad by any means but um, we have seen him be much better, but this was a very physical England team. It seemed like they had the idea that they were not going to let Musiala have anything easy. Uh, 83rd minute, we did see Nico Schlotterbeck pick up a very unfortunate and very needless uh, foul in the box. Uh, got Jude Bellingham, clipped him on the ankle when he really didn't need to. Harry Kane would step up to the spot and, Bury his chance. So then it was three to England. And now in the 83rd minute, it felt like all of that momentum, all of the excitement, all of the fury that England was playing with just overwhelmed Germany. And it just like was palpable. You could feel that the game had shifted, the tide had turned and everything was collapsing around Germany. Even when the, the camera you know, caught Hansi Flick. It just looked like Flick was stunned at what was happening and who couldn't be at that point. You know, it was, it was just amazing to, to think that Germany was up to nil. And then now was down and trailing by a goal with, you know, six plus minutes left in the match. But just four minutes later, Serge Gnabry would rip off a shot from the left side that Mark Pope could not handle. The rebound went right out in front of the net and Kai Havertz read it perfectly, made a strong run in. Once the shot was unleashed, was able to handle the rebound and put it into the net three, three. And man, it was uh, crazy to think that Germany had that ba- was able to battle back because in the recent past, we had seen Germany not just have collapses like this, but also be unable to battle back and show that resolve that's needed by great teams. Uh, in the first minute of extra time, we did see Armel Bella, Kochop come into the match for Kai Havertz, a little bit of a defensive replacement there. England, in turn, would sub in Jordan Henderson for uh, Jude Bellingham. So that's how the match would end. Uh, once we got to extra time, both teams were done. I mean, England would have uh, one more opportunity. Soccer would get sprung. Gunduan was sprinting back. It was basically a 1v none until Sokka just ran out of gas. Uh, Gunduan did a good job to help cut off the angle. Uh, Tristegan would make another big save. And that's how the match would end 3 3. Uh, it was insane to say the least. Uh, I, I was. Honestly, a little bit bitter that I was watching the match in the first half because it was just boring and lifeless. And like so many of you out there commenting on social media, I could see that it, it, the game didn't matter to either team in the first half. Didn't matter to the fans. Uh, even in the atmosphere inside Wembley, was just lacking something. And it, it was whether it was a buzz or excitement or whatever. It, it was just not there. And, and the teams playing the way they did. Uh, The game wasn't overly physical early on. There was no sense of urgency from anyone. It was really tough to watch. And I I don't blame anyone that turned the game off. Uh, I'm not someone that does that, but it's tough to tell someone that you should invest your time in something that you're not even sure the players on the field care about, because that's how it came across early on. Second half, however, we got to see all of that urgency, all of that intensity, all of that buzz in the stadium, and it was a hell of a good time it was really, really fun. And and yeah, part of it was the coaches made some key subs and those subs were impactful in helping their teams. For Germany, yeah. I mean, people are going to point to Timo Werner's opportunities, right? The first time he found himself dribbling down the right side in the box, Uh, he could have, probably should have shot that opportunity, but opted to pass and it was broken up by kyle walker and and at that point if you went to social media the team hate was in full force just a couple of minutes later verner found himself going down the left side this time in the box this time he probably should have passed he opted for the left footed shot and it went wide and then it was just like an all-out team hate fest uh online (laughs) on twitter it was nuts uh you know, and, and listen, I firmly believe he should have done better with the first two opportunities that came down to decision-making. He did not make good decisions in those cases. He should have shot the first one and probably passed the second one. Uh, While it would not have been a sure thing that either would have been a goal, I, I just believe he made the wrong decision in those instances. But where he did make the right decision was to get Germany's second goal and what he was able to bring to Germany's offense was that speed, was those the ability to make those runs that did put England on their heels. And when he did cut inside, he drew basically everyone in the, in the midfield in English defense, uh, drew their attention, and it opened up Kai Havertz, who just hit a, a worldly of a shot. It was terrific. Um, I don't want to oversell Werner, though. I think he did make a positive impact uh but like like i said when we talked about germany in the weekend warm up podcast he absolutely needed to be more efficient and i don't think we saw that and that's something i think we needed to see over the course of these two games in reality no one on the german team is efficient i mean they're all just struggling with their finishing and, and their chances and, and it wasn't great but uh to come out and to be able to to one get the lead look so convincing and doing it and then watch it all fall apart and be able to rebound to get that game tying goal i think that is kind of what you wanted to see if anything from this match because in the end people who were saying the game meant nothing they're right it means nothing Uh, the the game was was not going to determine anything important for anyone but you know, some of the, the the big things you could really point to were that Germany showed that resiliency and resolve and that fight and that energy when they needed to have it, they did. What was bad about it is they also showed the propensity to collapse <laughs> under pressure, which they also did. So Hansi Flick is going to have some work cut out for him. It's not going to be easy. The talent in Germany is what it is at this point. I do like it. I do think it's good. I do think there is enough there to be a major player for the World Cup. Will they be good enough to do it? I don't know at this point. I don't want to say yes, because uh, frankly, these last two games were completely uninspiring. But I also don't want to say no, because I know what Flick can do. I know how he can rally a team when they're focused, when they're energized, and when there's a goal at hand. So I think if Flick can work with this group, if he can get them to just be more efficient, Germany will be a major player. They will be a contender, but it's not going to be easy if they keep wasting chances. And it wasn't just Werner over the course of these two games. We saw Kimmich, we saw Musiala, we saw Sané. We saw plenty of opportunities there, but we did not see people being efficient with them. And that that is a problem. All that said... It, it wasn't the worst international break. It wasn't great by any means, but it wasn't the worst. We, we've seen much worse under Yogi Love during the end of his tenure. But I think Germany, one, like I said, needs to be more efficient, too. Hansi Flick's going to need to start out. He's going to fit, need to figure out his starting 11. He has some positions that are in flux, whether you want to talk about the central midfield, whether you want to talk about right back, whether you want to talk about striker at wing. Either way, there are really no sure positions. Even the attacking midfield spot, who you would think Thomas Muller would be a shoe in I'm not even so sure anymore because Muller has looked so ineffective over the past few games, not just for country, but also for club, that it'd be pretty tough to keep Jamal Musiala on the bench, uh, really, when games start to matter. So Flick, is he's got his work cut out for him in that respect because he has to find the correct combination – what 11 players are going to work best together for a particular matchup. And while, you know, everyone will point to the Spain match when we get to group play in the World Cup, Germany certainly is not in a position to take anyone lightly, as we found out at the 2018 World Cup, where losing the opening match to Mexico really did prove to be, Uh, it, it proved to foretell what was about to happen because Germany was not focused. They did not play with urgency. They did not play with any intensity and that carried through all the way throughout group play. And of course they did not advance past that. So hopefully Hansi Flick has a better hold on this group of players. Hopefully Germany's players are able to work on their respective games over the next few months get prepared for the world cup. And and again, I'll say again, they need to work on their finishing. They need to be more efficient, but I do believe the speed they have and the creativity they have is going to cause problems for a lot of their opponents. So there are some positives here. So let's not uh, head up to the top of a bridge and start looking down just yet. Things are not that bad. It's not great, but there's potential there. And I think that's what we needed to see. This break just didn't really do much to help fortify most people's opinion of the squad as they head into the World Cup. So stick with it. I think it's going to be okay, but there is definitely some work that needs to be done. That's about it for this edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. Thanks for joining us during this international break. Please check out the website for all of our post-game coverage, including our initial analysis, our match awards, our observations, and of course, reactions from the players and coaches if you have any feedback if you have anything you want to reach out to us on please you can hit me up on twitter at the barrel blog you can always get me on the site as well if you want to get in contact with the site itself you can always go to at bavarian podcast works or i'm sorry at bavarian fb works damn that was stupid huh <laughs> if you want to get tom you can get him at tommyadam 71 you can get i need no name at b f w i n n n and you can get all of our great Writers and podcasters on the site. Please check it out. We're gonna have some good coverage on this one. And I know I will be seeing you later this week for the weekend warm-up podcast, but we'll also have a preview of Bayern's upcoming match and also uh our flagship show, which I'm sure will cover a little bit of Germany, even though by then you will have all turned your focus back to Bayern Munich and <laughs> the state of things that uh is is going on there which as we all know has not been great of late so thanks again for listening and we will see you next time